When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This is your Times Daily World Briefing on Sunday the 3rd of July. I'm Jenny Barsby. And I'm Sonal Patel. Are Russian forces close to taking control of Lysyshanks? Putin would be delighted, frankly, if he could consolidate his grip on the Donbass region overall and maintain this land corridor to Crimea. Taliban leaders call for international recognition. I think there is an awareness um, and an alarm at the, the dire situation that most of the Afghan population are in. Times of London Daily World Briefing. There are conflicting messages coming out of Moscow and Kyiv today about the besieged city of Lysyshanks. Officials in Ukraine are denying claims from pro-Russian separatists that they've taken control of the region, the country's last bastion in the eastern province of Luhansk. Ukrainian fighters have spent weeks trying to defend the city and to keep it from falling to Russia, as neighbouring Severodonetsk did a week ago. But as William Courtney, former special assistant to the US president for Russia, Ukraine and Eurasia, has told Times Radio... There are real concerns about where the Ukrainian forces will have enough weapons to keep defending Lysyshanks. At the beginning now, for the first couple of months of the fight, uh, the main Western effort has been to get uh, former Soviet weapons, which are held in East European countries that were under Soviet domination, to get those weapons, such as S-300 air defense missiles, uh, into um, into Ukraine. The main Western weapons at first were the Javelin anti-armor missiles and the Stinger anti-air missiles. Uh, but now uh, the exhaustive uh, supply of those former Soviet weapons is coming upon us. And so the West is going to start transitioning Ukraine more and more to NATO standard weapons. So those weapons are more capable. In his latest address, Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky said fighting had intensified in the Kharkiv region. That's about a three-hour drive from Lysyshanks. Today, the Russian army continued to hit our cities with missiles. As of just this evening, there had already been six missile strikes. Brutal hostilities continue along the entire front line, in Donbass, the epicentre of course, in the cities of the Luhansk region. Hostile activity is intensifying in the Kharkiv region. An advisor to Mr Zelensky has conceded the region could eventually fall. Mark Galeotti, Associate Fellow of Geostrategy at the Defence and Security think tank RUSI, is also a former advisor to the Foreign Office. He's told Times Radio he thinks if Putin takes Lysyshanks, this may be the start of the end of the Russian invasion. Putin would be delighted, frankly, if he could consolidate his grip on the Donbass region overall and maintain this land corridor to Crimea. That's certainly something that, although it's 
nowhere near what he'd originally intended with this sort of total takeover of Ukraine, but it's something that he could definitely spin as a victory. I mean, whether he'd get that is another matter. Meanwhile, the local governor of the Russian city of Belgorod, which is close to the Ukrainian border, says at least three people have been killed and dozens of residential buildings damaged after several explosions. These reports have not been independently verified. To Afghanistan now, where a Taliban-run gathering of thousands of religious and ethnic leaders, all of them men, ended with calls for foreign governments to formally recognise their administration. The group's treatment of women and girls has been a huge sticking point when it comes to diplomatic relations with the West. It's after the Taliban went back on an announcement that all schools would reopen in March to girls, which has so far yet to happen. Lynn O'Donnell is a journalist who's been reporting on Afghanistan since 2001. They dug in. They're entrenched on uh, not allowing girls to go to school. Women, the treatment of women wasn't even mentioned except for somebody on the opening day on, on Wednesday said um, women will be represented by men because we're their fathers, husbands and brothers. So we can do that job. Thanks very much. The Taliban were removed from power in Afghanistan by US-led forces back in 2001. But the group seized control of the country just under a year ago. Since then, its economy has been tanking, with Western governments withdrawing funding and enforcing strict sanctions. They say the Taliban government needs to change course on human rights, especially those of women. Lynn O'Donnell says the Taliban's response to the recent earthquake proves it's not fit to govern. Now that revelation, well, really what it did was expose to us outside the reality of their of their lack of ability to govern. Um, and there doesn't really seem to be enough being done to really get a government off the ground that can be a government for all people all the time. On the way, Rihanna turns up at a barber's in South London and a man marries an alligator in Mexico. The Times Daily World Briefing. Oscar Pistorius, once the hero of the Paralympic racetrack, has met up with the father of his late girlfriend, Riva Steenkamp, nine years after killing her. Known as a blade runner for his carbon fibre prosthetic legs, he was jailed after shooting the 29-year-old model four times through a locked bathroom door at his home in Pretoria in the early hours of Valentine's Day in 2013. He's always claimed he thought she was an intruder. Pistorius has now served half of his jail sentence, which makes him eligible for parole. Meeting his victim's family is part of that process. Junior Camalo, journalist for News 24 in Johannesburg, told Times Radio more about this stage. In South Africa, we have like a victim-offender dialogue that happens when someone is about to get parole. So it's part of um, the restorative justice um, in order to try and get closure for both parties. So usually the family of the affected party would ask um, the individual who's behind bars um, what transpired on the day. So it's a chance for them to actually give them the full details of the story and even apologise if they hadn't apologised yet or showed any remorse during um, the trial itself. It's understood that when Reva's family were first told about Pistorius being eligible for parole, they were firmly against meeting him, but as Junior explains, that would not stop the process from going ahead. On other um, victim-offender cases, they have indicated that the family has refused um, to take part. But that still hasn't stopped individuals from um, getting parole. 
So this is just but one part of the process of um, allowing the, the, the incarcerated human being to get um, barrow. So part of the other victims are that part of the other uh, terms are that um, the individual meets with social workers. Um, they look at um, what he might do when he goes out. So there's a whole long program that happens besides meeting the family. The decision to start the process of releasing Oscar Pistorius could now happen within the next few months. To London now, where more than a million people took to the streets for the 50th anniversary of the UK's first Pride Parade. There's a lot of uh, institutionalised issues that we have to address. Um, and, you know, organisations like Metropolitan Police really can go out and do their community engagement. Floats lined London's Park Lane as revellers adorned with face paint, glitter, jewels and sequins walked from Hyde Park Corner to Whitehall. The parade route paid homage to the original 1972 march, which was organised by the Gay Liberation Front. In my own choir, the guy who was organising our Pride March was attacked by homophobes last night and ended up in hospital with his boyfriend. That shows, if anything shows at all, that what we're doing today is absolutely relevant. For those that don't know me, I am an honorary colonel with the Royal Armoured Corps Training Regiment. I'm the first British woman in the history of the Olympic Games to win two gold medals at the same game. For Dame Kelly Holmes, this was her first London Pride since coming out as gay last month. I am mixed race and I'm also a gay woman. Addressing a cheering crowd, Dame Kelly said this was a seminal moment for her. For 34 years, I've never been able to say those words until two weeks ago due to the fear of judgment and retribution that was instilled in me since the age of 18 because the laws in the military and being in the public eye didn't allow me to do it. The Times Daily World Briefing. Sport. And with more shocks at Wimbledon, here's John Jackson. The top seed in the women's draw at Wimbledon has crashed out in the third round. Igor Sviantek's 37-game unbeaten run came to an abrupt end at the hands of Frenchwoman Elise Cornet. The pole hit 33 unforced errors in the match and later admitted a change in strategy backfired. I was pretty confused about my tactics and Alisa, as a solid player, she used that pretty well. So for sure it wasn't good performance for me, but I'm looking forward to next experiences. Cornet will go on to face Croatian-Australian Isla Tomjanovic in the fourth round on Monday. In the men's draw, Rafa Nadal is still on for a calendar Grand Slam after he eased past Italian Lorenzo Sinego in straight sets. The Times Daily World Briefing. Entertainment. Fans in South London were shocked and delighted when Rihanna was spotted alongside partner ASAP Rocky at a local barber's. Videos circulated on social media showed hundreds of screaming fans outside the shop in Crystal Palace as the singer, dressed in sunglasses and a dark top, filmed them from inside. Other videos showed the rapper getting a haircut while Rihanna looked on. It's thought to be the first time she's appeared in public since the couple welcomed their first child in May. Now to Mexico, where a man has married an alligator. Yes, you heard right. The mayor of San Pedro Juamalula, Victor Hugo Sosa, married the reptile as part of an age-old ritual to bring abundance to the village in southwestern Mexico. The alligator called Princess was wearing a wedding dress. The seven-year-old reptile is believed to be a deity representing Mother Earth, and her marriage to the local leader symbolises the joining of humans with the divine. 
Trumpets blared as the mayor carried the alligator bride in his arms through the streets as men fanned it with their hats. So, did he kiss the bride? Apparently so. Cheered on by the wedding guests, the mayor kissed his bride more than once. Thankfully for the groom, the bride's snout had been tied shut just in case she bit him. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing on Sunday the 3rd of July. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 